Good morning, you guys. This is Ashley with Daily Encouragement. By the time you hear this episode, it's going to be October 29th. And today, I just want to talk to you guys about how does the church see the church? This has been something that's been on my heart for a few weeks now. I'm going to say even longer than that, maybe even the last couple months. And I just want to have this conversation. And uh, so before we get into it, let's go ahead and pray, you guys. Ah, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church to begin to appreciate each other and see each other in the way that you do. Lord, you don't look at us from where we are or our lack, but you look at us from who we're becoming. And I just pray, Lord, that we would be able to do that with one another, that we would be able to see each other for who we really are and who you've created us to be. Lord, give us a sober... uh, perspective of each other in the church and let us be able to flow like a body does to know the roles and the functions that we all play and to benefit from one another so god i just pray god near this conversation lord give us a better view of ourselves in terms of the value that we have and what we can offer to the church and then let us see the other value in others and be able to receive that from each other as well so we love you lord pray bless this conversation and just pray all these things in your holy name So really, really quick, you guys, um, the last month or so, like I said, I've been really thinking about this whole idea of how we view each other in the church and how much our view impacts how we communicate with each other. And this is all really stemming from something I've noticed going into different churches. And, you know, I've gone into churches where these people have been going there for 30 years. Most of them are family, some of them are close friends. I mean, we're talking about a group of people that have done life together. And it's funny because as I listen to them preach and talk, they're still talking to people like they're not saved. Now, it could be because I'm there at church, I'm new, they don't know me, so maybe they think I'm not saved, I don't know. But I just thought that was kind of interesting how you can be in a church for even that long and think that somebody is not saved or doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. You know, what are the markers that people are looking for when it comes to that? How do you, how should we view people in such a way? You know, you know, Jesus said, we'll know a tree by its fruit what's being produced in the lives of one another. And and some of the fruit he tells us, if you have the spirit in you, you're gonna have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, long-suffering. And those things take time to experience with each other, right? Sometimes we don't get to experience each other in the fullness because one thing I've noticed is church, you know, there's sort of like this way that you behave at church, right? Sometimes the way people behave at church is not the way that they would necessarily behave at home. You know, one who's maybe a little more um, spontaneous or jokey or I don't know how to put it, just more um, outspoken or what what do they say? What do they say? Uh, And like an extroverted type of personality. Maybe when they get into the church, they tone that down because they think that's not acceptable in the church. You you get what I mean? I'm trying to just paint a picture that sometimes we don't always let our full self come out depending on what social group that we're in. And it's interesting because the church 
should be the place where we feel like our full selves can come out. I mean, think about Paul when he would talk to the church. He was like, I was a persecutor, I was a blasphemer, but then, you know, by God's grace, I am what I am. And he would talk about, you know, how the Lord is, is working his life. We should be able to speak freely about where we came from before Christ came into our lives with no shame, blame, condemnation, and then be able to, to articulate, communicate how that grace has impacted our life up until this point and how our life has changed as a result of colliding with God's love and His grace and His truth. There's like a natural, what would you say? Um, habits, attitudes, when it's coming from a genuine place, you know, it's like, it's very simple. It's like when a man and a woman come together, have a baby. I use this example all the time, but this baby grows naturally on its own, just as a result of the seed going into the woman. You know, this baby just, it's just happens. It's a byproduct of this first initial thing. So it's kind of like Christ coming into your heart, this Holy Spirit coming into your heart, right? Through that, there is a natural flow of growth that just happens as a result of that, you know? And so it's like, how do we talk to each other in the church? And how are we able to tap the potential out of people in that way? Because you guys, I'm telling you, the church is for the church. The church is not for the world. All right. That sounds like, wait a minute, we're supposed to be, you know, make disciples and, and care about the world. Yes. But the human body, when you think about it, it lives for itself. Your, your body does not pump blood for someone else's heart. It does it for you. So what I mean is we should be receiving the benefits from each other as a body. You should know your role and you should be so confident in it that you know the value that you give and you get to receive the value from others. And that body does it for each other. So when you go out into the world and you get beat down or whatever, you always have a place to go back and get restored, right? And then over time, you know, here's the thing. I mean, there should be a clear distinction that people should be drawn to the body of Christ. People should want to come in. Health begets health. People should want to be in your space. If people don't want to be in your space and people don't want to be in the churches, we should at least the church, if people don't want to be here, should ask the question, why? You know, and one thing I've learned is I, I've been following the Lord, you know, for 15 years. I've been through some really intense training, you guys. Um, you know, and I think when we go into new places or even new people come into our spaces as a church, we gotta be able to give space to see who that person is and not just assume that every new person that comes into your church isn't saved or not to assume that people are not saved that have been in your church for 30 years. Why would we think people are not saved? You know, are they not meeting your criteria or checking your boxes? Or is, do, you, do you have preferences that people are not preferencing for you? You know what I mean? You don't have the same preferences, therefore they're not saved. So I'm just asking the church, how are we going to see each other in such a way that we benefit from each other, we know the value of each other, we're not questioning each other, we're not suspicious of each other, you know, Corinthians, there was all kinds of stuff going on in that church. 
And I'm not saying that we don't have things that go on in the church, but you guys, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the church where the church doesn't even have an impact in the world anymore. You know what I mean? Nobody really is like, eh, you know? And there are people who are part of the church, who know the Lord, who get the benefits of it, you know? But then there are some who, who don't, you know? So how do we all unify and, you know, really be a church you know, like, how can I say this? Not just like this building or this building, but just people sort of all over the world understanding these things to impact the communities that, that they're involved in. But anyway, you guys, I just wanted to talk to you guys about that today. How do we look at one another? If you, if people come into your church and you just automatically start preaching about being saved, you know, I, I could see that to a degree, but let's just be honest. If you've been pastoring a church for 20 or 30 years and you have the same people in there, nobody's new. Do you really need to keep preaching about that? Or how do you meet, you know, or do you need to start meeting people where they're at and feeding people? I mean, that's elementary stuff. They've been there going there 30 years. Of course they know they need to be saved. They've already been saved. They're there. They're, they're looking to be fed, right? Now, there does come a time of maturity where we got to feed ourselves. You've got to pick up the fork. You've got to eat from the table that God has given to you. And I did, I did a podcast talking about that. What is your table? What is your feast? He, he makes a, a table for you in the presence of your enemies. You know what your table is? Your table is your own revelation, your own relationship with God, work he's doing inside of you, the things that he's got going on in the context of your life. That is your table that you get to eat from. So even if, you know, you're not getting fed out there, you can always be fed. It says that Christ will come with you and him and the Father will dine with you, right? You're gonna get fed in, when you're spending time with Christ, right? When you're reading his word, when you're pouring out your heart, when you're trying to integrate your real life with his reality and let those things collide and grow and transform, you're gonna have a feast. And so anyway, you guys, I just wanted to bring that up today. You know, and that's the other thing. Think about how people are being starved out in the church who've been going there for 20, 30 years and you're still talking to them like they're not saved. Are they really getting what they need at that point? You know what I mean? People need more than just that. People need to, they, they need to know who they are in Christ, right? By being like Paul, looking at their life, where they were at, where they're at now, how they got there. They need to understand the process of God transforming their lives. They need to feel free to be able to talk about it. You know, we got to make this stuff real for other people. So anyway, you guys, I'm going to get off this podcast. If you see this on social media, Instagram, Facebook, please, please drop your thoughts in the comments. This is a really important conversation, I think. It's really been on my heart. And, uh, you know, I just want to know what other people out there think about this. You know, um, how does your guys' church talk to you guys? Do you guys talk to the people that are in the room or does your pastor talk to people that are not there? Does that make sense? It's like having sermons for just in case they show up. Well, what if nobody new is there and you still have the same faithful people that have been sitting at your feet for 30 years? Are you gonna talk to them differently than you would to somebody who's brand new and not saved and don't know, right? This is all things we gotta think about, you guys, because, you know, especially for in those leadership positions, we're going to be judged even more accountable, right? Because these people are like literally looking to you in that way, 
we impact people's lives whether we realize it or not. So we got to make sure that the impact we're having is actually feeding people and giving them what they need, that they're becoming more and more of who they're made to be and the fruit of the spirit in their lives and walking in their authority and their purpose and, and being able to freely give what God has poured inside of them because he's restored their life from the inside out. You know, they were in darkness, now they're in light. They can talk about their darkness and their shame and uh, communicate that with no blame, shame, condemnation. They're free. That's what we need. We need free people in the church. So anyway, you guys, drop your thoughts in the comments. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you have an awesome weekend. Thank you to every single person who listens to this every single week. Um, I hope these last two weeks have been encouraging for you, these little 10-minute podcasts. Um, Again, thank you guys for listening. Have an awesome weekend, and I will talk to you next time.